This is Sharon Steitler, the bird chick, and I am here with non-birding Bill. Bonsoir. Pourquoi? Because it's evening. The sun is setting. It's after six o'clock. What am I, a farmer? <laughs> Hello? Hi. No, no, I'm just, I'm, I'm just debating as like I was about ready to tell you in French, but you never speak French. No, no, no. You never speak French at home. Je n'ai pas pas français. Qu'est-ce que ça veut dire? Qu'est-ce que ça passe à Montaignan? Elle déjeune déjà. Ce n'est pas ma faute. Oui, ça c'est faux. <laughs> Speaking of French. Welcome to French in Action, a podcast. <laughs> c'est mathématiquement impossible. That's one of the phrases I learned from watching Jean de Florette. Yes. That and il est boussou, which means he's hunchback. Yeah. Okay. That was where I first got introduced to uh, Gerard Depardieu. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, gosh. Uh, God bless so Madame So this is Campbell. the Ger Gerard Depardieu podcast. The problem is, is that we've started with French, and now I have to, like, bypass the whole intro that I had planned, okay. and I can't... Well, let's start over again. Hello! Da, 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 da. <clears throat> dun, dun, dun. Do the porn music. Um, so, how are you? Good. What was the podcast? What was the intro you wanted? I was going to talk about what a phenomenal day it's been. It's been a very good day. So last year, I noticed that um, my birding trailed off this time last year. Sure. And the only birding that I really did was birding I was paid for. Okay. And I mean that that if you've ever seen you were my a, keynotes, a bird to toot. I was a yes. Was a, there was a, a a guy that I knew a long time ago. Uh, and I used to have a shirt that you used to be able to buy for Magnificent Frigate, if that site's still up, uh -huh. uh, that said, you know, birding slut, any bird, anytime, anywhere. Right. But uh, he said, you know, I used to be a birding slut, I would go birding for free, but now I'm a birding whore, I want to get paid to go birding. Sure. And if you've ever seen any of my keynotes, you know, it always starts with, my goal has been to get paid to go bird watching. Mm -hmm. But with that, there's always been like a nice balance of, I'm also just going to go out for myself. And sure. But last year... I made some career decisions that were smart at the time, mm -hmm. but in hindsight, I don't want to ever find myself in that position again because I right. didn't do fun birding for about six months. No. So I'm making I'm making a, you a go choice. out and you get and you get you know paid to do birding like you did uh, surveys and things like that. And last year like, it wasn't even that it wasn't it even just, surveys. It's there's not it's not it's work. It's work. It's, it's work. work. It's not play. It's enjoyable work. It's good work. But it's not the same as doing something you enjoy for pleasure. Well, last year, I took on a job assignment that wasn't necessarily birding related. Mm -hmm. And it was great. It was, it was money. It was great money. But it was yeah. also like I... So it just came to the point of like, oh, I can't go birding this week. But I have this bird tour mm -hmm. or this class that I'm teaching. That'll be my right. birding. And it's like I wasn't happy. So right. um, today I had like a really great birding day because I do the bullet journal stuff mm -hmm. or the Bujo, hashtag Bujo, if you know online. And you can use it to track different things. And I try to use it to track making sure that I exercise. Uh, and right. this this last few months, I'm like, I'm going to make sure that I'm going birding. And, like, today I had it. So we have had a Nighthawk that we has have. been displaying like crazy. Yes. Like, our, our the building that we live in is kind of this weird square shape with two courtyards. It looks like sort of like a, a digital eight is how I describe yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so there are two courtyards. And this Nighthawk has been displaying nonstop uh, mm -hmm. and doing his, like, little wing display. Crazy. 
and like we this building also has a sunroof that's open to the public mm-hmm. and then there's a bunch of part of the roof that is closed off to the public right. because dangerous and uh it displayed last year and then randomly through doing some gis stuff i was looking at our building and i was like huh our building has a gravel roof nighthawks nest on gravel roofs yep. And I, by the time I talked to the building manager and went out there, it was, well, I knew the chicks had already fledged, mm-hmm. but I looked at it. Well, talking about last year. Last year, yeah. And I was like, this is, this is where Nighthawks would, would nest. Mm-hmm. So, so I made it a point to write in my, my, my hashtag Bujo mm-hmm. uh, that uh, if the bird was displaying to, on my day off, talk to the building manager and be like, let's check it out. And it was so freaking adorable because today was that day. And so I went down, I was like, Katie, do you have time this today? And she's like, talk to me this afternoon. I have to do all my paperwork. I'm like, okay, I have this random day off. And it's been super hot here in the Twin Cities. And I was not looking forward to going on the roof. I looked up on Birds of North America online, which is a fantastic resource. If you ever have a question about a bird, purchase a membership to Birds of North America online. You can even purchase it for one month if you're only mm-hmm. doing research. But any question you have about a North American bird will be answered there. And if it's not answered there, that's because no one's researched it yet. <laughs> Which there are quite a few things okay. about common nighthawks that haven't been researched. Sure. So I was like, in my subscription today, and I was looking at it, and it was like, okay, when nighthawks do nest on gravel roofs, uh, they usually do it near a parapet, you know, something where there might be a chance for shade and things mm-hmm. like that. So so I went down to Katie this afternoon. And we went up there. A storm front was coming in, mm-hmm. so it was st- Way nicer. It wasn't 100 degrees on the roof. It was actually really nice. And so I told Katie, I was like, okay, so we want to look next to vents. We wanted to look next to walls. And she's like, so what does this bird look like? Because she's not. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was like, you know, it's, it's kind of like hot dog bun size. Yep. And it, it's brown and white. And it's really going to blend in with the gravel. And I was like, don't be surprised if you find yourself almost stepping on it. Mm-hmm. Because they blend in so well. Yes, but let, they do. Let's, let's look at this. So I'm looking on my side. And we're making it all the way through the gravel part. And I'm like, oh, crap, it's not here. And I was like, it must be. It's, it's not on our roof. And then Katie's like, hey, Sharon, what's this? Over? I think I found it. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I go and I lean over where she's looking. Boom. And yeah. it's like, it's right next to kind of like this walled edge that's right. going up. And I'm like, that's great. And and we were a good 20 feet away. Mm-hmm. So the bird was aware of us, but wasn't. It didn't, you didn't flush it. We didn't flush it, which was my goal. And so I had my scope with me, of course, and so mm-hmm. we set it up and I got pictures and she had her smartphone and mm-hmm. I took a really cool video. But I was like, I'm not sure what I'm more excited about. It's super cool to have a nighthawk nesting on our building mm-hmm. because it's a species of special concern. It's declining. Yes. But I was right. <laughs> it's also the thing like, you have yeah. been displaying like crazy. I'm going to tell my story, which was, uh, you know, four or five years ago, we lived in a different neighborhood. Uh, this story is actually more like 10 years ago. 10 years ago, we were living in our uh, completely urban neighborhood. Now we're sort of, we're on the verge of a suburb. We're right here. on the border of a suburb. suburb. But we're we still. Were, we were in a very much urban neighborhood and we heard this Nighthawk. You were super excited about this. And I said, well, maybe it'll nest here. And you were like, pa! Because there weren't enough Nighthawks in the Twin Cities. You you non-birder, you fool, you idiot. He's he's, he's not getting laid. Throwing your drink in my face. I did not And then, like, the next year we heard, like, multiple Nighthawks. We heard, like, two or three Nighthawks. Okay, what's really adorable about this story was... I was just concerned that he was displaying and not Mm -hmm. getting laid. I was really invested in this Nighthawk getting laid. Sure. And I was like, oh, you're out there every night. You're calling. You're yeah. not getting anything. And then one night, there was a call with it. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't as good as the adult. And it was following mm-hmm. it around. And I suddenly realized, like, oh, that's a fledgling following you. Yes. Crap. So, but what's amazing about this Nighthawk was, what was it, about a week and a half ago? Yeah. 
Because, like, it's it's been out there for a while. Like, mm-hmm. he arrived super early. Oh, he's calling all the time. Well, there might be more than one. But well, like, and I've watched him, like, when mm-hmm. the Nighthawks were migrating through, he would ignore some of the Nighthawks, and mm-hmm. then, like, once he clearly could tell we're female, he would, like, dive bomb at sure. them. Sure. And there was also the morning where I couldn't sleep, and so I went out on our roof at the crack of dawn. Mm-hmm. Let's be clear. The ass crack of dawn. Right. And uh, he started chasing someone around and was calling at them, and then this robin was going off, mm-hmm. and the cardinal started, and the chickadee started. It's been really fucking loud this year. They, they all been, they're all nesting in our courtyard because yeah. the building owner listens to me about what kind of <laughs> native plants we should be putting in. But no, and but I'm out there, and I'm like, oh gosh, here it is, like 4:45, and it's done. So you're the one who's driving all of our neighbors crazy. No, no, no. But I suddenly realized as I'm watching this, and I got some video footage of it, and I'm just so excited. I suddenly start to hear various air conditioners come on. I'm like, I'm out here in my woolen pajamas and and my hoodie, and it's still a little chilly. And it's like, oh, they're turning it on because the birds are too noisy. It's really fucking loud. And I will admit, there have been times at 4.45 when the Nighthawk and Cardinal have woken me up, and I'm just like, I like you both. Please stop. It's Sound the robins, me. man. Those robins are out of fucking control. This is That's what robins do, is that they sing. Yeah. And but no, I've noticed, like, like so if the sun sets around 8.30 here, like 6 o'clock, the Nighthawk is out there singing. So I don't know if... Our Nighthawk tonight has been... I don't know if we have competing Nighthawks. Someone's like, I gotta get up earlier to... Well, here's the weird thing. So when I used to do bird surveys in Texas, the Nighthawks down there are completely different. I, mm-hmm. I even put it on Facebook, and I was like, um, I've been out here all day long, and f- it's the middle of the day, and there are common Nighthawks all over the place. And they're doing the display. They're doing mm-hmm. the beep, and they're also doing the thing that they do with the display. And it was all day long, and they were perched out in the open on power lines, and I'm like, What's up with this? And someone, Michael Redder from the American Birding Association, you may recognize him. He's an editor from several of their publications. He's like, um, that's what Nighthawks do. And I'm like, no self-respecting Nighthawk in Minnesota is out <laughs> in the middle of the day. It's in the name. <laughs> yeah, Nighthawk. And, and so, but no, it's a thing in Texas where the Nighthawks uh-huh. out there, they're very diurnal. Whereas up here, they're, they're, it's unusual to hear one before the sun sets. They're usually right at dusk. Now, yeah. But, uh, so cool. anyway, so, so that's been an, an exciting day. And so, and I was also going to talk about our anniversary and how we went to this really lovely place up in northern mm-hmm. Minnesota and also just enjoy the birds. This wasn't a place where I could go and I could get a bird. Like, right. that was an agenda. You were looking for, what was it, the bird you hoped to get was like, what, some kind of grouse? Sage, the bird I hoped to get grouse. is some kind of grouse. You don't know my nemesis bird? No. What the fuck is wrong with this marriage? Do you want the list alphabetically or in order <laughs> of importance? A, anything. There's so many people who have seen far less of my skin who know that my nemesis bird is a spruce grouse. Spruce grouse, okay. And it was possible there, but I didn't go looking for it because I've given up on it. I, I'm right. just going to like let it happen. It's right. probably going to happen when I'm 60. And give me the heart attack, and I'm gonna die. Sure. But and I did ask the guy at our hotel, like when I was like paying our bill, and well, it was when I we were just doing the check in, and I was sure. like, "Do you know anything about spruce grouse? Oh God, are they dumb? <laughs> that is the best answer to a bird watcher I have ever heard in my life. And based on video that oh, I've seen amazing. of spruce grouse during mating season, I would concur. Sure. You know, and, and I said, yeah. And I was like, where can I see one? And he's telling me these places. And I said, I know right. 
and I know if I go that I'm not gonna I, I'm gonna be the one person that doesn't sure. see it but I've said here on your property tell me where the trails are where you might see one right. and he was like well about once or twice I was like I don't need to know time frame I just those are the trails I'm gonna walk on mm-hmm. and I'm not gonna express I just I just want to go and of course I didn't get spruce grouse but right. um but no it was wonderful the the cool thing about this place was I I, I left the spruce grouse off the agenda. I half-heartedly went for one, but you and I could just sit out on this dock and listen to amazing birds. Like we could yeah. just enjoy the soundscape of loons. We were in Grand Marais. Let's say that we were like we were north of Grand Marais. We're on the, we were yeah we were, we were five miles, miles from the border with Canada. Thirty miles west of Grand Marais. Northwest. Yeah. We were actually on the border of the of the boundary waters. If we had a canoe, we mm. could have gone into Canada. Right. And we could we could so have we crossed were, the border. Yeah, we were. Northern Minnesota. Yeah, and, but what was cool for me and it was a first time thing was we could hear uh, a sawwood owl on breeding territory. Yes, and I that heard was that cool. Too. And we heard the hermit thrushes, and it was, it was just a wonderful soundscape. And then outside of our cabin, like, oh hey, there is a bay-breasted warbler, and oh my gosh, look at all these magnolia warblers. And my favorite thing was the cabin gives you like this little jar of birdseed mm-hmm. for the the. Yes, and I was like. We're not going to be here that long. I don't know if anyone's been filling these feeders. So I go out and I'm like, I'm just going to. Calling it a feeder was generous. It was <laughs> it was a piece of wood that had a little thatch, like you know. Thatched is overstating yeah, it. It was at one time. I'm sure it was right. cedar. It was it was a place where you could put bird seed. Let's put it. Here's that the way. thing. That feeder has seen some shit. Yes. It's been dark. Yes. And based on some of the claw marks on our screened-in yes. porch, it's it's had more than one encounter with a bear. Yes. And has just been stapled yeah. together. So anyway. So anyway, I went out to, and I'm out with like the little jar to fill the yeah. feeder. And all of a sudden this chickadee flies up and just kind of looks at me. Yeah. And I was like, huh, you're, 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 you're giving me the eye. So I just took a few seeds and mm-hmm. put them in my palm. And held it out, and like within ten seconds, the chicken was like, "Oh, thank you," and like came in. So and fun. Yeah, to me too. And I know I was like, "Bill, you got to go outside. You can hand feed chickadees yeah. here." I mean, they they just look at you, and and we had videos of that. I have to assume it's a combination of they've been, you know, they've, they've become been accustomed. Yeah. They've been accustomed to this, and also people aren't up here killing them, so that they're not. No one not is out killing of, chickadees. Well, no, I mean, like asshole. they're not. They're not suspicious of humans. There, there aren't a lot of humans out there. Let's put it that way. I think there are because we were there before, like the big fishing opener. Well, I'm just saying, even even at the peak, there are not a lot of people around. There, and so. everybody loves a chickadee. But yeah, it's you know. But I just sometimes was like, here chickadee, and then I was like. Wow, if I was standing out here with a dead mouse and this was an owl coming in, people would be really angry. But a chickadee, it's cute. It's amazing. It's great. Yes. All right, so I've postponed this story as long as I can. Oh, we're not going to talk about the... Okay, We fine. can... Yeah, let's no, talk. No, 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 that's fine. Now I want to know. What do you want to talk oh, about? Oh, no, just like the loons were out there and we talked you about saw the loons. moose poop. No, you talked about the birds that were out there. You specifically did I not did, mention the loons. I did say we heard loons calling. No, but there were like loons like right outside the little dock there. Here's a story I want to share. and this It's so is, cute how much he loves loons. They're amazing. I really like the graphic design of loons. Here's my story for all you non-birders out there who are being forced to listen to this <laughs> podcast against your will. So it's our last day there. There is a small, it's a very small cabin. Like I laid in the bed and my foot hanged off. I was, I was in monster abduction territory. My feet were hanging <laughs> off the edge of this bed. So there's a small kitchen there and the, a tiny <laughs> table and a window. And the window looks right down the path to the dock. It's our last morning there. Sharon has gone out to drink her coffee and sit on this dock, enjoyed it. And I'm like, that's fine. Great. Whatever. 
I make my breakfast, fry up my eggs and bacon, sit down at the table, ready to eat it. I look out the window, and down this path and on the dock, the only thing that is there is a coffee cup. <laughs> and intellectually, I know what has happened is my wife has heard a bird and has wandered off to see it. But I also know that I have to leave my hot and ready breakfast and put on my shoes and wander down there just to make sure that she has not been abducted by a lake monster. Because if, God forbid, the one in a million chance that this has happened, the police are going to ask me, why didn't you go down to the dock and check this out? <laughs> okay. Number Which one. Which I do, and she was completely safe. There was a Canada warbler that showed up. Sure, yep. So I had no, to go. I'm not even angry. I know what happened. You were a little angry. <laughs> and I'm like, bruh, it's burning. I just went down the path. What, what, what the hell? This How is, long have we been married? This is really enhanced if you can imagine my wife in her pajama pants wearing a sweater and a very adorable stocking cap perched askew on her head. It is a Project Snowstorm uh, uh, stocking cap. I got back to my I got back to my eggs before they got cold, which is okay. the point of this story. So my favorite part of this trip <laughs> is you and I are on a trail in the Superior National Forest, and this is a trail that's used by a lot of predators. Sure. And it is it is a naturalist wet dream right. with the amount of poop that's on this trail. There's a lot of poop on There's this trail. There's a lot of poop, and it was a variety of poop. And so it's like, this is fisher poop, and I'm like tearing it apart. And it's like, oh, you can see the, you can see the right. crawdads in here, you can see this bone in here, and that's why this is this. And, and you, like, are, are really adorable, and you go uh, over, and you're like, well, this is really gigantic owl pellet. I'm like, that's wolf poop. Yeah. Owls don't eat deer. <laughs> that's deer fur in there. Yeah. And then I think at one point you even found some bear poop and, and you, you got a little angry with me because you were like, why did I take you someplace for our 20th anniversary where you could No, I didn't killed? get angry then. I got angry when you start like, okay, so we, we were trying to find this moose observation point, which we, we didn't see any moose. I was, I was, I was like not surprised. Moose. We saw, we had a better shot at moose at the lodge because there was right. fresher moose poop there. So the point, so we found this, we walked too far, we walked back, we found the moose observation point, we walked down there, we walked back, and then you heard something and so we stopped and then you started walking as we're walking back to the car you started walking further and further away from the car there was a black burning and warbler and i had to follow you back you didn't have to follow trail. me yes i did why because there were fucking bears in the woods okay number one Black bears are not going to do a fucking thing to me. All I have to do is, like, hold my scope over my head and start yelling like a sand person, and a black bear is going to go away. Sure. The last known wolf kill of a human in Minnesota, it's not even in our charter. If you have to worry about anything with me... Is that what you want your legacy to be? <laughs> I was the first person killed by a wolf in Minnesota. No, yes. if you ever have to worry about anything with me, it's mountain lion, and that is... No, it's not that I was... It's like, I can't leave without you. <laughs> You could just say, honey, whatever that bird is, yeah. I'm pretty sure you've seen it before. Right. And I, I would have gone away. No, the yeah. other thing that I loved on that trip was, on that particular trail, was we actually ran into someone else. Oh, who, God, that guy. Who was clearly a birder. And we're walking down the trail. Oh, my God. And uh, I'm, like, in a sundress. Right. And you're in your bill gear. Right. And and he's he's in the full on all khaki vest. Like really long lens. Convertible pants and everything, yeah. Tilly hat. And 
he very clearly has been playing some calls. I think it was when he saw your uh, spotting scope. Yeah, then he knew I was a birder. And then he goes over to, because I'm like, I'm suddenly hearing something. I was like, am I hearing Cerulean Warbler yes. here? And there was some bird call. I was like, I haven't heard that bird call. No, it was it was Black-Throated Blue. That's what it was that I okay. heard. And I was like, wow, that's okay. I'm going to start watching for that now. And then he goes over into the vegetation mm. on the ground and just pretends yeah. to grab something. <laughs> and it's like, oh, you've been playing tape calls. And uh, I kind of feel like, do you want me to just yell down? I'm, I'm cool with your tape calls. Yeah. I'm not going to yell at you at the Superior so. National Forest. But he was like, and then you and I went down another trail for a second. I just wanted to get him to go along yeah. so I could go pee. And so he disappeared completely. So let's give him, let's give him a plug. We, we're not getting paid for this. We stayed at the Golden Eagle Lodge. Yeah. It was a lovely place. I enjoyed their cabin. It was a great place. I stayed there. Yeah, they're not paying us for this. They yeah. have no idea. They probably don't want us to come back. I don't know. What? Um, we took the rabbit. Yeah. It was hilarious because on their... So I stayed at the Golden Eagle Lodge back when the Gunflint Trail had a bird festival. Mm-hmm. And I was speaking there and... I, I loved it because you could hear all these great birds singing it's all night long. Absolutely. We, there was only like one other person. There was one guy on the lake who was like trolling fish on a pontoon boat. Yeah. Otherwise, completely Well, that's because undisturbed. it was like before the big fishing season. Yeah, no, that's We got a really great rate yeah, on yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As I was like, it was absolutely beautiful, pristine wilderness. North wilderness, yeah. So, and I had stayed there years ago mm-hmm. and I was angry because I was speaking at a bird festival. And when you stay in a beautiful lodge, you can enjoy it because you're like getting up early. Right. I shouldn't say I was angry. I was frustrated because I wanted to enjoy this beautiful lodge. Yeah, I know you're on a schedule. Yeah. And so this time for our anniversary, I was like, this is great. It has a full kitchen. Mm-hmm. It's got nice facilities. We can sit on a dock. And so we got to have great meals mm-hmm. and got to see all these birds just like hanging out outside of the cabin. Yeah. We, we could have not left there ever and still. No, it was crazy. And, and they also allow you to take pets for us. Teeny tiny pet deposit, and yeah. it kept saying pet, and I'm just like, I'm just gonna pay the pet deposit and not tell him it's a rabbit. <laughs> and uh, when we got to our cabin to check in, they had left like some milk bones yes. for our sure. quote unquote pet. Oh yeah. And so like when I, because when we checked in, they were closed, and so yeah. I just went in the next day. I was like, is there anything we need to do for check in? And I'm I'm mm-hmm. sorting that out. And they're like, oh yeah, you had a pet. How's your dog? And I was like, it's a rabbit. Right. And and then they're like, really? And then everyone was like, can we see your rabbit? Yes. I was like, I'll, I'll bring him by later. But, um... You didn't cause any problems. No, no. But I was like, it just says pet on your website. Yeah. So that means I can bring a cat or a fish or a dog. And <laughs> yeah, Dougal had a great time. And, um, yeah. So if you ever want to get, like, the northern... If you want to get away from it all, there was adequate access to internet. No cell phone service. No Our TV. particular cabin had yes. adequate access. I think if you had one of the other yeah. cabins, no it TV. Would... If you want to get if yeah. you want to get away from it all, they had like a little uh, charcoal grill you could use and stuff like that. But, yeah. And some of the cabins have actual. It was a lovely fireplace for for me. Speaking as non birding built for three days, it was a lovely time. I was gonna say for a compromise with a birder and mm-hmm. a non birder. Yes, it was great. Mm-hmm. And so here's the thing: we went before their big season because mm-hmm. their big season is fishing. Clearly. Sure. So there are a lot of advantages. It's cheaper. Mm-hmm. Uh, there aren't as many people there. Mm-hmm. And no fucking mosquitoes. That's true. There was a hatch that happened, but it was some other kind of non-biting. Was, yeah. No, it was It was completely lovely. Yeah, was, so yeah. Golden Eagle Lodge. What, what, what mark are we at in this? We are at 23 minutes. Oh, fuck. We haven't talked about the most important story I've been obsessed with all, right, all day. Let's talk about it. And that is, there is an insane eBird list that has happened out there. 
and this is why I was like, we shouldn't sure. be talking French in the first part of the the contract. It's the let's see if I can do this with my French. The tadoussac e-bird list. All right, how would someone in English say that? Tadoussac. Okay. Uh, it's, what is it's this list? All right. So there is a bird observatory there. It's in Quebec, Canada. Okay. And uh, a group of people went there. Went there. Let's see. So today is what the 29th. So on the 28th, and one of those is Ian Davies, who mm-hmm. works as a project coordinator for eBird, or is he the project coordinator? Ian Davies is a thing. If you don't know who Ian Davies is, you should know who Ian Davies is. <laughs> is that what I am to you? A thing? Says Ian Davies. <laughs> an eBird thing, yes. <laughs> but uh, he was there with a group of people, and so if you're in Quebec at late May, you're getting your warbler migration, so they went to this observatory, which is uh, kind of a, a place that's known but isn't talked about as much yet as like Biggest Week or Point Pelee, and there were southwest winds, okay. and they went out to look for birds, and there was a rainstorm, so that kind of grounded everybody, and then at dawn, the rainstorm cleared, and they went out to the dunes, and the birds did this thing known as morning flight, sure. which is where they've overshot where they want to go on migration, and they're like, oh, fuck, we need to go back. Okay. This isn't, I, I'm, I've landed someplace, I didn't know where I wanted to be. Right. Lights coming out. Oh, hey, there's a river. Okay. Oh, I really wanted to be like 50 miles south of here and and, and follow it down. So it was an amazing list. It's an amazing list. And so when it first started showing up, people were just like, oh, this list is nonsense. Mm -hmm. I may or may not be on a Facebook group where, I don't want to say we make fun of people. I just want to say like. Well, there's no other way to say it. We make fun of unreasonable people. Okay. People who are just like, I have this bird. It's like, oh, that's a robin. No, this is not a robin, and this is the reason why. And and you like, try, no, seriously, this is why it's a robin. Sure. And so, like, we may take screenshots and blur out names so no one knows who knows. <laughs> it's like, this is why it's so hard to explain birds to people. It's right. like, you very clearly have a robin. No, I don't have a robin. You don't understand birds. I hate you. Yeah. Women shouldn't be birding. That kind of stuff. Okay. I mean, like, it's extreme stuff. But anyway, so this list shows up, and the list is like, we had 721,620 warblers okay. on this trip. We're not even counting the other 100,000 of non-warblers uh, in this list. And you're looking at it, and you're like, you people are next-level bananas. This is not happening. But then Ian Davies kind of like, like put some notes in, and the first thing, like, Hardcore grandiose eBird found, or I shouldn't say founder, eBird coordinator guy says, Today was the greatest birding day of my life. <laughs> Holy shit. So when an eBird coordinator <laughs> starts with that, you're like, I am intrigued. <laughs> Tell me more. And so he goes through like what they did for the next, because there are several <laughs> people that are with him. Sure. Talks about the mathematics that they use to tally the birds. Right. And it's like, this is how we came up with this. And basically for nine hours, they stayed at this spot. And they even, like, break down between different intervals tallies that they had. So you can, like, get an idea. It's like, oh, so between 6.29 a.m. and 6.43 a.m., they had eight different species. And they had over 6,700 individual birds fly over. And, like, at one point, um, oh, hey, wind switched to a strong west-southwesterly flow from 12.49 p.m. to 1.13 p.m. 
this is what we know in birding circles as the noontime lull. This yeah. is what we know as like, oh, this is when like birding is right. super slow. They had, let me get here, uh, let me get it, uh, 72,000 birds Jesus Christ. of 50 different species flying past. And so then you start going into the list, and they have some photographic evidence of what they've seen. And you go into individual species tallies. Well, let me get to it. Cape May Warbler. 108,243 individual birds based on what they were doing as far as like mathematical point counts. Gee, Merry Christmas. It's it's next level bananas. So you're just like going through this red start, 50,513 individual American red starts and that's the one that looks like a shrinky dink Oriole. This reminds me and I'm, do you have something else? Do you no, have no, I'm just going to talk about it. In, I've been obsessed with this, this list This reminds all day. me of the day years ago when you were, you were, like, I can't remember what it was. It was like, you had to decide whether to do laundry or go Hawk to Ridge. Hawk Ridge. Yeah, this is their 100,000 bird count bird day. day. Yeah. And this reminds me of that day. Would you describe that as your crazy, your best birding day? Or was there some other day? It's just, tough to describe. And I don't want, yeah, I don't want you to like lock yourself in. But I'm no, at saying, the time yeah. it was, it yeah. was like what? Because like that day, it was over one hundred thousand broadwing hawks. There were other species too, but that day was like all of us that were up there. And I even remember Donald and Lillian Stokes were up there. Oh wow! Yeah, and they came up there because they had asked me where to go birding. They <laughs> were in Wisconsin, and I was like, "You need to go to Hawk Ridge." And Lillian even said to me, "Wow, this is this is better than Hawk Mountain." I was like, <laughs> "I know, right?" And also the way they got that total was also because Donald Lillian started helping counting, count yeah. those birds. But I re- you just know when this kind of thing happens that it's like I'm witnessing something historic. It's, it's a perfect storm. It's a perfect storm. And, um, a perfect but, post-storm. But this is insane because that day it was like we had 100,000 broadwings. Sure. This list, when you actually look at it, is over 800,000 birds individual birds of, I want to say, what, 105 species? Mm -hmm. 108 species. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Three of those are other taxa. Anyway. Damn you. It's over 100 species of over 800. And and so I'm, as all birders, if you are remotely a birder, at some point you have talked about this today. And if you didn't, it's because you're not on social media. Uh, But like my friend Joe Lindell, even put it like, I don't know if I've seen 800,000 individual birds. I don't know if I've seen that in my entire lifetime. So to see that in a day and trying to visualize it. And so yeah, it was this perfect crazy. storm of stuff. So the birds overshot. The weather uh, forced them down low. And like Ian Davis even says, like, I had three different warbler species fly through my legs at one point. Because the birds are down low. They're not doing this up mm. high like they would at night. It's like they're at eye level. And there's video, and I've linked to one of the videos, where they're just aiming at one direction. And it is just nonstop. And it you're going to watch it, like, if you're a non-birder, you're going to look at this expecting right. a starling murmuration. It's not like that. But if you're someone who's gone birding and you watch this right. video, you're just like, those are all birds coming from the same direction and they're just moving nonstop. This is insane. This was my most amazing birding day was when we were at the Golden Eagle Lodge and there was a uh, loon about yeah. 50 yards away from us. And it just... It was sort of floating along with the, the current, and it just, I saw the red eye, and it was just like, what? And then it dove down in the water, and then appeared, you know, those loons, 20 yards away. Those like, loons, that was like seeing that bird up that close in its territory. That was cool. I love that you had that reaction. Those loons taunted me. <laughs> 
Because part of my thing was like, I wanted to just hang out on the dock and listen to birds sing, the loons particular. Yeah. But I had this dream, like I would be sitting out there with my coffee and yeah. the loons would swim by. Yeah. So one of the mornings I'm out there and I'm waiting for the loons yeah. to swim by. And I got distracted. Yeah. And I started chasing a different bird. I think I was yeah. chasing some magnolia warblers. Just... And, and, uh, and, and like I go back to the dock without my spotting scope and here are the pair of loons mm-hmm. swimming towards our dock in perfect sunlight. And so I run to go get the scope, and it's like, oh, she's running. We mm. need to start diving now. And they, like, dove the whole time they were in front of our dock. And then when they were backlit, they mm. popped up. And I'm like, you motherfuckers. Loons don't care. Loons do care, and they're just like, we're... Anyway, so you need to check out this uh, Tadusak Tadusak list. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I'm going to Americanize it, it's it's insane. I've also put in a link to one of the videos that Ian Davies got of the birds flying by. <laughs> um, I'm not saying that you need to skip the biggest week in American birding, but apparently, if you want to have a big day in North America, this place in Quebec, Canada, is is sure. the place to go. So it, it, I have a feeling that Victor Emmanuel, Wings, all the major tour companies sure. are now like. Hey, Tadasac at the end of June or at the right. end of May. Let's 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 make this happen. Yeah, but I, I mean really... this also this this particularly amazing list right. is because of a perfect weather front thing that right, happened. Right, right, right. I'm not saying not... you're gonna have an eight hundred thousand bird day, but you, you have a chance yeah. to have like a seventy five thousand bird day. Alright, so what else you uh got for me here? Oh god. I wanted to wrap this up podcast quickly. Okay. Wait, did I say that sentence correctly? No, I wanted to wrap not. up this podcast. Only at quickly. thirty-three minutes. Okay, then we have total. All right, let me let me tell you this. Not tell you podcast listeners this. It's summer. The podcasts are going to get shorter because we have to turn off the air conditioning. The but only right now... the only reason why this podcast is going beyond thirty minutes right. is because right before we recorded, it's been like ninety-eight, one hundred and one yes. degrees in yeah. Minneapolis. Which is freaky. A storm front moved in. Yeah. But the, but I also want to point out, this is insane weather to have in Minneapolis yes. in late May. Also, like a month, month and a half ago, mm-hmm. we had a blizzard. Yeah. <laughs> so to have uh, a 101 degrees. Wow. Yeah. Well, it's not Minneapolis. That's just climate change. Anyway. Um, right, are so are you else? denying my climate change? Are right. you trying to like mansplain over my, ch- my climate change? No. I have a longer rant about that. Uh, what stories do you have for us? Uh, the factious high drama world of bird taxonomy. Oh, Lord Almighty. This article is... Oh, God. How many, how many, how many minutes of my life have I spent talking about bird taxonomy on this podcast? No, this, what I love about this article is that it's basically talking about what a shit show taxonomy is right now. Right. And that is like, yeah, it's, we're just trying to make the, as a matter of fact, one of the quotes in this is someone, I think it's Van Remsen, who even says, it's like, yeah, we're just really trying to make the best of a bad situation here. So, because is, now is this because of genetics? Like, they're, are, are they changing the definition so of So this article gets into a lot of okay. what I don't All like right, about so taxonomy. the article, Bill. Okay, okay. okay. So, and, I, and we'll link to it, but it starts off with talking about uh, a guy who was uh, researching uh, puff birds, and I think this was a striated puff bird. And, uh, I'm sorry, let me make sure I'm pronouncing this correctly. The striolated puff bird. On Pokemon Go. If only. And um, so 
it, they kind of look like kingfishers. Mm-hmm. And he noticed that the song was a little bit different, oh or was God. a lot different. Oh, God. Okay, so here it is. Here it is. It had a smoother quality that struck him as, <laughs> quote, off the charts different, unquote, <laughs> from the slightly warblier songs oh. he knew from elsewhere in the region. My God, you are. This is like a music producer in the '90s describing why he signed. Okay, so here it gets better. They got a different sound. It's off the charts smooth. Whitney recorded the bird and collected a specimen. So that means he took a recording of it singing and then shot it uh, of this strange talking bird. And he conducted an in-depth review of the species across its entire pan-Amazonian range. Then he and some colleagues published the results in a 2013 paper that proposed dividing striolated puffbird into three distinct species based on brace yourself, based on subtle vocal, morphological, and genetic oh, differences between populations. God, this is this is exactly the breakdown of uh, the Boys to Men song where they talk about <laughs> meeting Michael Bivens and he decides to sign them. What's your name? Boys to Men. Know what I'm saying? That's exactly this. So the matter came before the American Ornithological Society's South American Classification Committee, or SACC. <laughs> uh, Whitney's puffbird proposal was met with mixed results. <clears throat> After debating the nuances of his research, just spit on my screen. Yeah, the SACC endorsed his recommendation only in part. They <laughs> split the westernmost group off into a new species called. Nystalis Obama, thanks Obama, uh-huh. uh, but left two other populations as subspecies of the original northern striolatus. Failing to see the logic behind this decision, Whitney regards this as, quote, just nuts. And so then it kind of gets into, uh, like, the, the, and so they talk to the SACC chairman, uh. James Van Remsen, and is like, yeah, we're just trying to make the best of a bad situation. That's really all taxonomy is. Taxonomy is so fucked right now. I remember, like, reading, like, when I was, you know, in middle school or whatever, like, they're talking about Gregor Mendel and talking about, like, you know, him coming up with this. It's like, finally, we will have a perfect system for categorizing every species forever. And it's just... This is... We've brought it up before, but there is a theory out there as they're, like, doing all this mitochondrial DNA testing yeah. on birds that species... That that may go away. We're going to have to completely change taxonomy as we know it. No one wants to be the first one to, to be the dick. Be like, yeah. we need to blow this up and okay. start anew. Right. Because well, it's not only going to affect birds, it affects... Yeah. In, and nobody wants to deal with insects. Insects are even worse. Right. Well, here's the interesting, this is, and this is, I'm sure this is not news to virtually anybody except me, is our friend, uh, Matt Kesson, Reverend Matt, who does his monster science oh, yeah. show, very fascinating. Whose with, mother is a famed ornithologist. Yes. We know a lot about fox sparrows because of his mom. But one of the things he's fascinated by is is dinosaurs, and so I was trying to look up, uh, sauropods was the word I was trying mm-hmm. to look up, and I fell down a wiki hole, and I found out that because... Uh, it has been determined that uh, birds are the natural descendants of dinosaurs. Dinosaurs are not technically extinct. What? Because because dinosaurs have evolved into birds, 
by the technical definition, dinosaurs are not extinct. Oh, for fuck's sake. Exactly. Isn't that amazing? There are some political ramifications with this that I don't even <laughs> want to think about. And also, there are some taxonomical... Right. But I just thought... Everybody that... email non-birding Bill about how wrong he is about this. No, I'm just saying. Like, this is... You You're know. taking this off of a storyteller. Email yes. Wikipedia about this. So anyway, so they're talking about how the SACC uh, had to, like, give the new striolated puffbird its own name. Jesus and um they named it after me you know stitlery stite (laughs) remsen was van remsen was like oh you know we need you know bird names are uniquely descriptive yet evocative at the same time if there is anyone out there listening to this podcast in any scientific discipline who can name something after me please for the love of god you have my permission to non-birding puff bird I, I don't care if it's birds or was it's like the, what was it, the uh, Gary Larsoni, the, the head lice that uh, somebody named You're after You're no him. Obama. I, I mean, they, they clearly named this after That's Obama. That's fine. I don't care. Please, for the, I eh. don't care what, the more embarrassing, the better. So in case of the new puff bird species, the SACC considered stuttering mm-hmm. and whistling striolated puff bird, okay. replacing the visual descriptor, descriptors with oral ones. Alas, they couldn't reach a consensus. Birders couldn't reach a consensus? The patronym Natterer's Puffbird was suggested uh, for Striolatus uh, for naturalist, Austrian naturalist John Natterer, who apparently was the person who collected the first Puffbird. Okay. Um, but this didn't get enough votes. Honestly, like at this point, naming things after people is, is really... I miss, I miss the era where if you discovered something, you could name it. Like, this idea that, like, some coterie of, you know, officials gets to name something. I like the idea of Wilson's Warbler. Yeah. And I, and I, and I like Nettles Woodpecker. There's a Nettles, lot of stellar Woodpecker. stuff. Stellar like, stuff. And some of this is, like, Audubon. Like, oh, I owe you some money. I'm just going to name this bird after exactly. you. Exactly. I don't mind that. But there are a lot yeah. of people out there who's like, I don't like those names. I want something that's like, I want, you know, like striped-tailed foliage gleaner. And it's like, oh, okay. I mean, not that I'm opposed to a foliage gleaner's name. I love that there are birds out there called foliage gleaners. Or leaf tossers. I love that. (laughs) You bloody leaf tosser. So anyway, what they were looking at was to keep things basic and go with western striolated puffbird with a hyphen in between striolated and puffbird. God. But. You know what? Here's my suggestion. It gets worse. Okay, continue. Okay, so it gets into this whole thing with hyphens and whether or not we should hyphenate. And and a, a man I've met, and if you ever want to learn about your gulls, you need to learn about him from uh, Alvaro Yaramillo. And he says, and he's quoted in this article, mm-hmm. he's like, scientists have seen it as kind of their duty to make the kind of names you'd introduce to your parents, but not the kind of names you'd want to party with. I love Alvaro. This is... And so he laments because he's like, I voted for stuttering Puffbird and whistling Puffbird. And, and, you know, he didn't go for the whole hyphen nonsense. Here's my suggestion. Mm -hmm. And I think I've made this suggestion before. Let's get some sponsorship. Let's call it Pepsi's Puffbird. That way Pepsi will, like, pour all this money into protecting this bird. Into saving its habitat? Yes. (gasps) We should do that with our Nighthawk. The 3M Nighthawk. Yes. Or the Vikings Nighthawk. Uh, they should pay for some Nighthawk habitat since they've boy, like... Boy, should they ever. I'm so done with football. Yeah. I, I, 
granted, I've never really been into football. Oh, I was. I was more of a basketball person. Yeah. Basketball hasn't betrayed me well, nearly you, as much as football has betrayed Indiana, me. So, yeah, I know. So it's, it's a requirement. Like, our middle school algebra teachers pretty much made all their problems based around college yeah. basketball. <laughs> and I was like, I remember distinctly being in sixth grade. Oh, like in like, big, where if this basketball... I'm going to have to pay attention to basketball now. Yeah. Okay, I'm just going to be IU. Do you have I another like uh, story for us, or do no, we... No, I'm still in this, because oh, okay. we haven't gotten yeah, into, like, like, the hyphen controversy. Oh, God. Can so, I leave the room? Do I know? There, there's also the hyphen controversy, but this also gets into the Gray J is getting a name change. Okay. It's no longer going to be Gray J. It's going to be Canada J, even though you can see it in Minnesota. So it's going to be called the Canadian J. Oh, that that's one thing. And everyone's like, no, this is great. And it's like, why are we changing the name? Because, like, Gray J, it's descriptive. It's a J, and it's great. And it's like... Well, because, like, Americans spell gray J, or not J, G-R-A-Y, and Europeans spell it G-R-E-Y, and when you're, like, using resources, terrible, terrible. if you look, like, if you want to use Xenocanto, which is, if you're not using the Macaulay Library, if you're using Xenocanto to look up bird calls, if you type in G-R-E-Y-J, then you're not going to find jack shit, whereas if you type, so, so that's the reason, whereas I feel like, well, I kind of feel like if you're going to change the Gray Jay's name, oh, the baller man. move would be to change it to the Algonquin Wiskayak, which is uh, where we get the bastardized version of Whiskey Jack, which is sure. a name for Gray Jay. We should just give it an Algonquin name. Why don't we do that? I've given up on understanding why burgers do anything. Anyway, this article, if you love to read about taxonomy and there's a... And I, this, I read this article. It's like, if you love to read about taxonomy, <laughs> please seek professional help. It's in the Atlantic. No, this is, but it, this article is like, oh, this is why I don't list because like the splitting happens and then people just arbitrarily argue about names and what's convenient at the time. This is why I take great joy in like, OMFG, Common Nighthawk uh, is nesting on my roof. I've seen Common Nighthawk. On the daily since, like, I was teeny tiny. You're you're still pretty teeny tiny. Let's 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 be teeny honest tine. about this. Did I just like coin a new phrase? You teeny did. Tine. But no, since I was teeny tiny, I was just like common nighthawk. Technically, is you can see it easily, but like finding it on my roof—that's amazing. I feel more right. excited about that, perhaps, than I, if I would have found a spruce grouse uh, at the Golden Eagle Lodge. This is, I mean, well, I mean, this is classic geekery as we have talked about before this is this reminds me so much of discussions about playing dungeons and dragons in the 80s of like how to you know now what they call min maxing your character Mm -hmm. so so other things that i had intended to talk about in this podcast and i'm actually like let's do a lightning round lightning round uh, pileated versus Tesla. Yes, I said pileated, not pileated. Uh-huh. And if you're going to take me to task on that, well, then you didn't have a dictionary in the 1970s. All right. um, it's terrifying. Oh, actually, when I watched that video, I'm like, I have never seen a pileated woodpecker so comfortable with a human. Also, if I owned a Tesla, I would be as upset as this person. Okay, next. Oh, we're just going to ignore stick feathers found in amber because... Eh. Stick insect eggs can survive being pooped out of a bird. Great. Next story. <laughs> rabbit. Sorry. Am I moving too fast? No, right no, no, no. Uh, rabbit mm-hmm. versus fox. 
Uh-huh. Versus Bald Eagle. Oh, I saw that photo. That made me sad. Well, so here's the thing. The first thing that happened was, okay, the video has been everywhere. Right. And so if you know what those three animals are, you have seen this video. Mm-hmm. But, like, I saw a still from the Im- image or from the video in my Facebook feed. Mm-hmm. And so basically what it looked like in this particular thing that I had was that a bald eagle was carrying a baby fox by its talon. Mm-hmm. And everyone's like, oh, what's going on? And I was like, seriously, wait, 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 wait. Does that eagle, is it just carrying it by one talon, by one claw? That's that's insane. I don't understand what's going on here. And then the whole thing. So basically, a baby fox is learning to hunt. It has just mm-hmm. killed a rabbit. You don't see that part. You just see the baby fox with right. its rabbit. It kind of is running away with it, trips over, and turns to face. And you can just tell, like, when it turns around, the baby fox is like, oh, fuck, shit's about to go down. Yeah. And then a bald eagle comes in and grabs the rabbit with the baby fox still mm-hmm. attached. Mm-hmm. The eagle and the fox end well in this story. Not so much the rabbit. I don't, I'm not precious about this. This is nature. No, 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 no. And I'm fine with the video because the rabbit was already dead. Sure. This is why I had to leave the dead birds page. Sure. I want to kind of restart my own dead birds page. The Dead Birds page on Facebook was one of my Dead, favorite things. Dead Birds page was my favorite Robin Williams movie of the early 90s. No, 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 no. The woman that started, I have huge respect for. And she just started this really delightful page where all of us who are naturalists were like, I found this dead bird. Look at this photo. Isn't this amazing? And you would do things like you would try to decide what, what killed it. Or you would just be like, you never get this look at a bird. And it was mm-hmm. great. Sure. And then all of a sudden, like, all these bleeding heart people joined it. And it was like, oh, my God, I found this, like, dying bird. How do I get it to a rehab center? And I'm right. like, I'm the asshole if I do the let me Google that for you. And right. and I kind of for a while was the jerk who was just like, this bird isn't dead. Why do you have this on this page? And right. it's like, well, it might be dead soon. And I'm like, you're a terrible person for subjecting me to an animal dying. I agree with you. And so then I was like, you know what? This page isn't for me anymore. The users mm-hmm. have told the admins how they want this page to be. And so now, here's the thing. Are you interested in a photo in a page on Facebook where you just talk about dead animal parts? I want to be part of that. I'm page. not, but you definitely are. I love I love poop, and I love looking at things that are already dead. Sure. No, I understand the clinical analysis of that. That's... I mean, for me, like when something's dead, yep. Like I can put in the scientific mm-hmm. detachment. When something is not dead, but it's going to be dead soon, mm-hmm. I can put in the scientific no, when, detachment, but it takes work. I don't want that in my Facebook. No, page. I completely understand you because we're at the point now where if you like don't Google this, you basically these people are asking for attention. Like, they want attention about, like, they care about animals. It's and I'm like, just like, there are 20 million other pages out there for a while. Like, no, Rahab. Not, Why do you have to do this on the dead birds No, page? it's not 20 million. It's, it's literally asking Google. Mm-hmm. That's why that page exists. Yeah, so. also, I can, I, I no longer listen to Sarah McLaughlin for the same reason. All right. Do we have another story? No, that's it. All right, this is Bird Chick Podcast number 236. If you have any questions for Sharon uh, that don't relate to dying animals, you can find her on Twitter where she is at BirdChick. You can email her, Sharon at BirdChick.com. You can find her on the Faces book. And she just made a really weird face, but I'm going to stop before she has any chance to interrupt me before I end this episode. We'll be back later. Bye.